Welcome to A Transforming Word with Pastor Bill Buffington. This program is a ministry of Calvary Chapel Inglewood. Today on A Transforming Word. What did you do with him? Did you receive him? Life. Did you receive his offering of forgiveness upon your life? Life for you. You received him, you received life. Did you reject him? Which some people receive him, some people reject him. You receive Christ. How do you receive the Lord? God, I believe that I am a sinner. I believe that you did die in my place to forgive me. And I surrender. I repent of my sin. I turn from my sins. I turn to you, Lord. Have my life. You're the Lord of my life from now on. Boom. You're saved. You'll be in heaven. You'll be forgiven. For you, that message brought life. Have you received Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior? In today's message from Pastor Bill, he shares with you the powerful truth that when you receive Jesus, you receive life. Upon believing in your heart and confessing with your mouth that Jesus is Lord, you receive the gift of eternal life. Pastor Bill stresses to you that this is the most important decision of your life. Don't wait for another day to receive salvation. Receive Jesus as your Savior today. Experience eternal life with Christ. Now here's Pastor Bill in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 2 for today's edition of A Transforming Word. At the end of the day, for every believer, we do triumph in Christ. We ultimately go to be with him. But I just want to point that out. He says, now thanks be to God who always leads us in triumph in Christ. Second part of the verse, he says, and through us diffuses the fragrance of his knowledge in every place. That word diffuses, it means to make manifest. God says, look, it's through you guys. Everybody here that would say, I'm a Christian, I'm born again. I've given my life to Christ. When God says here, it's through us that he diffuses, he makes manifest the fragrance of his knowledge. It's, it's, his fragrance is flowing through us, the fragrance of his knowledge everywhere. Something God wants to do through all of us is that we would be a, a, a witness to him. There'd be, later on, he'll call it the aroma of Christ. But there'd be, there'd be his aroma coming through us. Now, I talked to you earlier about people and their aromas and smells and whatnot, you know. And, you know, again, some people carry a certain aroma. You know, they come into the room, they, you know, they carry that aroma with them. You know, if you got kids that, you know, play sports, and uh, they come in, there's an aroma that comes with them. And, you know, it's, it's, you clearly they're here, you know, whatever. So as believers, Paul says here, like, look, through us, God wants to diffuse or he wants to make manifest his fragrance, the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. So one thing I would ask all of us to consider is what kind of a what kind of a witness do you leave behind as you enter a place? As, as you go to the family gathering, as you hang, hang out with your friends, as you go spend time with people, what's left behind? What kind of fragrance is left behind when you leave? Do, do you leave a good witness for the Lord? You leave a bad witness. Is it uh now we'll see this too. Um, later on, he's going to talk about just the, the, the aroma. It's to those that are being saved, it's the aroma of life. But to those that are not being saved, it's the aroma of death, right? What I find a lot of times is people try to adjust to the different groups. Some people live a double life. Some people come to church today and they're, they, they're in this circle, it's like, how you doing? I'm blessed. Praise the Lord. Ah. You know, and then they go home and you know, maybe you get around some other people and you talk another way and you ain't blessed no more. And you got some other language that you be speaking and everything else. Right. Should it be that way? No, especially in those other circles. Right. They need me to be a, a witness, a light that, that I would leave a witness for the Lord everywhere I go. Now, this is something that's important. I, want, I don't want to pass it over. When Paul told him that God, that, that, that God always leads us in triumph in Christ, something he would have had in mind and something they would have understood is when the Romans would 
conquer an area. They would have a triumphant entry back into town. And when they did so, they had a, it was a procession. Uh, in the front of the procession, they would have the guys that did the warring, those that were victorious in battle. Your, your battle men would be up in the front. They would be carrying spoils, so stuff that you took from the people you just beat up. You're bringing that in, and people are looking. It's a celebratory thing. Look, our people are coming back. We won the scrap. They got the spoils. You brought people that you took captive. You brought them back as, as a symbol of your dominance over them. They would bring them captives. The Romans were cruel. They would march back in these captives and take them to the Colosseums, and they had all kind of fun ways to, to kill people um, that they would do, but they would bring these people in. But this, this was the one piece that I think Paul had in mind here. There were incense carriers on both sides of the procession, and they had these little things that they would swing, and it would... It would, it would It'd be an incense that would go. So as a whole procession went at all corners of the procession, there are people swinging these balls of incense. And it was also, a, it was an aroma that would flow through with them as they would come through. And everybody coming in, it, for them, it was, a, it was a triumphal procession back in. Uh, when Paul says, God leads us in triumph. And there's, a, there's, a, there's an aroma about it. It's a victory. There's, an, there's a victory to it. And so one thing that I think is important for believers, and it's a, I think it's a good witness it's one of the ways that we kind of let off an aroma or witness for the Lord, our victories, right? Those of us that have people that knew us when we weren't saved and we get saved, they should begin to see victories, right? When you weren't saved, what were you, what were you wrapped up in, right? When I wasn't saved, I was fornicating. I was getting drunk every day. I was a weed. I sold weed. I did credit card scams. I'll steal your stuff if you left it out. If I didn't know you, I didn't steal from friends. Um, <laughs> even sinners had morals, you know? Um, <laughs> But that's, that's, you know, that's, that was who I was. Then I get saved, and God delivers me from alcohol and takes care of some anger and attitude issues and, you know, makes me get a regular job and, you know, deals with my issue with women, gives me a wife, and little by little, you know, each one of these are huge victories in my life. Those are a witness. The, the guy that led me to Christ, his life was a witness. Before he got saved, that was one of my main guys. We ran around. We got drunk together. We had, you know, girls. And we would, you know, you call her, I'll hook up with her. We'd run with them and do this, that, and the other. And then he got saved. And he got saved in high school. So it was, that was a really hard time to get saved because was, everything was popping, you know. He got saved 11, the last, in, the, in between 11 and 12th grade high school. He gets saved. He gets saved for real. I know a bunch of people that go to church. But when he got saved, it was like, hey, I'm not going to come kick it no more. I'm like... Oh, I, I thought I thought the, the one the girl is his wife now. She was his girlfriend. I'm like, dude, she got you whipped. I've never seen a case of whipping this bad at your age. It's terrible, you know. He wouldn't come hang out. He wouldn't come party. He wouldn't have a drink. He wouldn't do anything. And I mean, I watched him walk it out. He right after high school, like the month that they graduated high school, he went to the court and married her and got married. And they moved into his mom's house. They both got jobs until they had enough money. And guess where they moved when he got enough money to get an apartment? He moved in my apartment building where I was living, and I wasn't saved. But they moved in right, upsta right upstairs for me, the apartment right above me. If they go like that, I can hear them. You know, they moved right up there, and that's who God was going to use. But I remember, because I had watched him, I remember tempting him. I didn't know I was tempting him. I was like, hey, man, just come. Everything's paid for. These people will be there. This will be there. This is available. And he was like, bro, I don't, I'm cool. I don't want none of that. And I'm like, what is wrong with him? Like, what, what kind of, what did she do to him? She broke him, you know? Later on, I would understand that the man was saved, but this is the thing. Because of his witness, when he did start coming to speak to me about the gospel, I couldn't blow him off. Everybody else that would come with the gospel, you know what I would do? I would point out their sin. 
I've had people share the gospel before. I'm like, you, you sleep with your wife, right? That's when I'm doing the same thing. What you, what, are you talking to me? You know, you're talking to me about the gospel. I'm like, do you get drunk like I get drunk? Then, then why, you know, I, I, I would just blow them off. Like, bam, shut up. Boo, do you, how you going to buy my weed and then tell me about God? Like, right? <laughs> Give me back my weed then, you know? Like, go back to church for another round. I'm, there are people that would come from church to the weed spot, buy weed, and then get high and start talking spiritual. I couldn't hear that. But him, right, he got saved, repented, changed. When he came, I felt like I at least had to. Right. There was there was his, the aroma with him was like there was there was a fragrance of truth. There was a, he wasn't fake. So I at least had gave him the benefit of it. I gave him floor to speak. And that was a person that led me to the Lord. We need to all consider like what's kind of witness like the people that will listen to you. Do they look at you and say like, man, that's a legit Christian right there. Like they 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 walk in their walking this or do they look at you and be like, man, you're really just like me, except for you get up Sunday morning and go to church. That's how I felt about most Christians that I knew before I got saved. It's like, only difference between me and you is you get up on Sunday, you get all dressed up, go to church. That's it. Don't, that's the only difference between me and you. And as far as how we live, our moral standard, or what our moral, we the same. Um, may that not be true about us because it, it does impact your witness. Um, people don't hear you so well. And um, everybody here knows a person that get drunk and get spiritual, get real deep after a few 40s or whatever they drinking, you know, it's like that that's not a real effective way to witness and, and reach out to people. So he says um, in verse 15 there, he says, for we are to God, the fragrance of Christ to, um, among those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. And I want you to note the words is important. He says, we are to God. This is something we do for the Lord. Part of my Worship of God, something I offer to God. God said, this is what you are to me. This is talking about us. If you're saved, this is you are to God. It's to him that we do this. The fragrance of Christ among those that are being saved and among those that are not. God says, you guys are my witnesses. You're, you're, you're the fragrance of me among those that are being saved and among those that are not. You're, you're, you're to be that fragrance. Here, here goes another thing, right? Can I be the fragrance of Christ if I don't share him? Right? Is this a silent thing, Right. Perfume or, or cologne is something. Oh, thank you, bro. Bless you. I can't eat them while I'm talking, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to eat them afterwards. I can't, I can't be a silent witness, right? Can I witness to you and never say a word? Can I? No. That quote from St. Francis of CC is a lie. It says, uh, he said, um, you know, they, I don't even know if he even said it. They maybe put that on him and he never said it. It says, um, preach the gospel at all times and if necessary, use words. It's a bogus phrase. Because preaching the gospel means speaking the gospel. You can't even preach the gospel with your mouth shut. So you ought to live right so that people will hear you when you do speak, that your, your lifestyle don't invalidate your message. But if you are speaking, my neighbors where I live are not going to look at my family and say, wow, I bet that family's a Christian. I, matter, I bet the reason why they, I think they're Christians and because they're Christians, we're going to become Christians too. You know, it's not going to happen like that. They... They're not going to look at our lives and somehow end up going to heaven. Like, I got to go across the street and say, hey, neighbor, you know, we got to have a conversation. I got to I got to share with them, you know, with the hope that's in us. We got to talk to them about it. That's that's how you're going to be in a, a, a fragrance and aroma, a witness for the Lord. Now, some people are going to appreciate that and some people are not. Right. You go share in Christ. Someone's going to love you for it. And someone else is going to be so annoyed. Someone's going to be like, thank you. Someone else is going to be like, go away. You know, it's, it's both things will happen. And are you OK with that? Because some Christians are not. Some Christians are so concerned with having everybody like them 
that they end up not being a good representative for the Lord. They so badly want to be liked, want to be accepted, that they'll, they'll bow out. They'll, they'll, they'll water down the message, which Paul will talk about at the end. They'll change the message. They'll contort it. They just won't say nothing at all just to have your friendship. And I'll just say this, right? It's a messed up friendship. If I want your friendship so bad, I'll let you go to hell to keep it. Is that a messed up friend? To know what I know and not tell my friends, messed up. Not a good friend. That's a jacked up friend. To, to believe what I believe and not tell people that I know would be messed up. Now, it'll impact people the way that it does. I've had people that I've shared with that initially couldn't stand it. Eventually, they were thankful for it, end up getting saved. I've had people that I shared with that were instantly thankful and there was gratitude. I've had people that I've shared with that they don't come around no more, you know? There is an aroma, right? And there are some people like, I don't want to smell that. And you know, anybody here, I'm, I'm a pastor, so I get this real bad. There are people that see me and they go the other way. They, they see you coming and start putting stuff away. Excuse my French pastor, you know, whatever. They start hiding things and putting stuff away. I'm like, I ain't the Holy Ghost, you know. It's just me. But there are people that that's the, how they respond. They don't want to be around you. And I got to be okay with that, right? Everybody not going to want to be around. It's okay. And so something you, everybody needs to consider is, one, what kind of witness are you? You know, you loving on your friends, you sharing with them. Are you, are you living in such a way that you can share, first of all? And then are you taking the opportunity to share with them and, and be a witness to the people that, people that we would say, man, I love them. And I'll tell you this right now, it's one of the most uncomfortable things in the world to share the gospel. It's, it's awkward. It's uncomfortable. Anybody here agree with that? That they're trying to start a gospel center. You know why it's awkward? Because it's spiritual, Right. If you wanted to start a conversation with somebody about sports, it wouldn't be awkward. You know, who's your team? You start talking about your team, no problem. Oh, your team sucks. My team's all that. Stats whipped the whack the wham, you know. But turn it to something spiritual, and it's like all of a sudden, I'm looking for the right time. I'm looking for the Lord to open the door. This didn't seem like the right. It'll never be right. It'll never be. It'll never feel right. It'll always feel. I've, I'm just. I've, I've accepted that. It's, it's gonna. It's supposed to be awkward. It's just gonna be awkward. Just go ahead and get. Just get done with it. You know, it's gonna be awkward, but I'm gonna do it anyway. And you go ahead and share because it's a life or death situation. Go ahead and be awkward then. You know, it'll always be uncomfortable because it's spiritual, and you have to overcome that. Don't look for it to feel. If you're looking for it to feel right, then you'll never share. It just didn't feel like the right time. It, it'll never feel like the right time. But don't be at their funeral saying it just never felt like the right time. Right. Because people die every day. And I, I know this. I got an obligation to everybody in my sphere of influence, all my family, all my friends, anybody that I, I deal with on a regular. But I have a have an obligation to have shared with them, to have been a good witness, but to have shared it. I have to I owe it to them. And so it's life or death. It's a big deal. So once again, the second part of verse uh, 15, it says um, uh, we, we are to God, the fragrance of Christ among those that are being saved and among those who are perishing. And I guess another thing to consider here, well, we'll, we'll move on. Look, look at verse 16 and we'll, we'll talk about it. It says, to one, to, to the one we are the aroma of death leading to death and to the other, the aroma of life leading to life. And he says, who is sufficient for such things or these things? It says, to one group, we're the aroma of death leading to death. Anybody here want to be the aroma of death? No, right? That's, that doesn't sound like a great aroma. You know, like the aroma of death. Nobody, nobody signs up. Nobody would sign up to be that guy, that girl, you know. But he says to one group, you're the aroma of death leading to death. To another group, you're the aroma of life leading to life. Here's the deal. It's the same message. 
it's the same aroma. It's the same person. It's 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 how it's received is it it, it kind of deals with the person and, and where they're at with the Lord. So one group, well, you know, you're the aroma of life. They're so thankful for you and all that you share and all that you do, and they receive it and it just breathes life to them and encourages them. And to somebody else, that same thing that you share, the same the same person that you are over here, it's like, ugh, I can't stand it. Get up, could you could you? <laughs> Could you go away with that? You know, could you stop it? Yeah, they, they, they need you to go away to stop. They can't stand it. You know, here is the flaw that I see in our culture, right? Is Christians, even ministers, want so bad. Again, we talked about it earlier, but they want so bad to be received and liked that if it looks like you don't like this, I'll change it. Um, there are churches and there are, men, there are so-called ministers that have decided that, you know what? People don't want to hear about hell. On Sundays. Hell is uncomfortable, right? I mean, it's going to be really uncomfortable for those that end up there, you know, but it's, it's not a fun topic. It's like, I don't think any pastor gets up and says, you know, today I'm going to just talk about hell, you know, burn, 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 you know, but it's in the Bible. Is it not? It's in the Bible that Jesus spoke about it. It's there. And when it comes up, you should teach on it. You should speak on it. Right. But there are people that have said, you know what, that I'm not going to deal with that. That's, that's kind of heavy for a Sunday morning. I'm not going to deal with it. Um, there are people that won't preach the whole gospel. You know, there's a guy on TV that said that the, the, the message of the cross is too gory, too gory for Christians don't want to hear about blood, the blood of Christ, it's too gory for Sunday morning. They want to be encouraged. And all, all I can say to that is like that, that guy going to give an account to God for that. Right. You don't get to pick and choose this. I don't get to. It's the aroma of death. Somebody going to hate this message. Somebody else going to love it. Someone's going to be saved by it. Somebody else is going to be damned by it. The same message that someone hears and this person says, I receive it, Lord. Someone else hears the same message and rejects it. That'll be to, to their own hurt, right? When someone dies and they stand before God and we give an account, the Bible says in Hebrews, it's appointed to man once to die and after this, the judgment. So what it means, you live one life, you die one death, and you give an account to God for that life. You don't come back as a monkey, a pit bull, a cockroach, you die and you give an account to God. That's what, that's what you do. And when you stand before God, one thing is up for discussion. It won't matter if you were handsome, ugly, smart, dumb, successful, unsuccessful. One thing will matter when you stand before God. What did you do with Jesus? That's it. That is the, the whole of this life is that. What did you do with Jesus? Did you receive Jesus? He's the, the, the God the Father sent God the Son as an offering, as a sacrifice to save you from your sins. What did you do with him? Did you receive him? Life. Did you receive his offering of forgiveness upon your life? Life for you. You received him, you received life. Did you reject him? Which some people receive him, some people reject him. You receive Christ. How do you receive the Lord? God, I believe that I am a sinner. I believe that you did die in my place to forgive me. And I surrender. I repent of my sin. I turn from my sins. I turn to you, Lord. Have my life. You're the Lord of my life from now on. Boom. You're saved. You will be in heaven. You'll be forgiven. For you, that message brought life. And you should be joyful and thankful and praise the Lord for it. We're going to celebrate communion a little bit. Right? But to the person that rejects it, person that says, yes, I heard that. He died on the cross, rose from the grave, yah, yah, yah. But I'm going to do me. You die like that. And you stand before him. And you're in your sins. Well, then that's a whole other scenario. Right? That's that person, that same message to one person, it brought him life. To the other person, God says, I, I made sure you heard the message. I made sure you heard it. You rejected it. And there's a day and a time at which it's too late to receive the gospel. 
right? I got, as long as I'm living and breathing, I can be saved. But the day I die, it's too late, right? If I die saved, can I ever, can I ever lose it? I'm locked in. Ooh, good times. That's, I'm, I'm thankful for that. I'm glad that I can't mess up. I'm glad once I get to heaven, I can't be, I can't jack up in heaven. And, no, you're getting kicked out. You, you know, I'm glad it's, it's like, it's, it's a final, it's a finality to it. I, I am in God forever. Even when you get saved, it's forever, right? I'm born again now. If I jack up, God's going to spank me, but I'm his. I'm his, I'm his kid. I'm born again. I belong to him. And, and he don't, he don't kick his kids out, you know, but he do whoop that tail. So, you know, he disciplines those that are his, says that in Hebrews, right? So once I'm his, I'm his, right? And that's if I die, I'm his. I'm, when I'm here, I'm his. But if I'm not his now, I'm not his. I have no relationship. I don't have a prayer life. I'm not connected. Um, if I die, if, I, if I'm chosen in this life to not be connected, I've also chosen in, in, in eternity that I don't want that relationship. God doesn't impose it upon us. And so that's why it's a difficult thing. When you're a witness, some will love it, some will hate it, some will receive it, some will not. Some Christians don't want to be a witness because they take it personal. Don't take it personal. You can't take it personal. When you share the gospel, you can't take it personal how they respond. You just require to be faithful to share it. Is it yours? Is it, is, does God hold you responsible for their response? He doesn't, right? At all. You're, God counts you faithful for having shared it. So once I've shared the gospel with someone, I can leave it with them. I don't have to badger them. I don't have to say, what you going to do? I asked you yesterday. I'm going to ask you again today. You know, you can share it with them and then you pray for them and love on them. You don't have to ride them. It's not, it's not like a personal benefit or win for you if you get them, even though you want to see them saved. It's you leave them with the Lord at that point. But I liken it to, you know, I do a little bit of cupiding every once in a while. Every once in a while, you know, I've, I've been known to hook up people. I've, I've been good. I got a good track record. So, you know, anyway, that's another story. But if, if you're hooking somebody up, right, if, if, if there's a guy over here and there's a girl over there and, and the guy over here is like, man, I really like that girl over there. But I'm, I, I mean, I'm going to tell her you like her, bro, and see if, you know, get you guys talking. I go over, I say, hey, my bro over here is just really interested and wants to talk to you. He's just kind of shy, yeah, yeah, yeah. She's like, that guy over there with the fangle teeth like that? Ugh. You know, and she just, she don't want nothing to do with him. Do I, is that, is, that a, is that a knock on me? Do I take that personal? She ain't talking about my teeth. She's talking about him, right? She's not interested in him. Now, I'm sorry when I go back to him, I'm like, hey, bro, she, she's in a relationship, you know, whatever. She's not interested, you know. But it's not a, it's not a, she's not knocking me. When I share the gospel with somebody, they're not rejecting me, right? I'm not offering me. I'm offering Jesus. He died for you. He died to be in a relationship with you. He wants to, he wants to have a relationship. I'm sharing him with you. And if you, if you turn that down, you've turned him down. We got to be good about not taking that personal, even though it might hurt your heart and you really want them to receive it. Um, I know this, nobody made me get saved and I'm not going to make anybody get saved. I'm just called to be a witness, be an aroma, right? You wear a perfume or you wear a cologne. You can't make other people want to wear it, but you know, you wear it, they smell it. Somebody be like, what's, what's that? What's that fragrance? You know, I had a guy do this to me. <laughs> I won't name him. He, he fellowship here, but he had, <laughs> he had a, um, he had a, a body oil and I smelled it. I was like, I liked it. You know, I was like, what is that? And he, he gave me a scent that was similar, but it wasn't exact. He threw me out. So I, I, me and another brother here got him like, that's not the same aroma. You know, like he threw me off the scent just a little bit. And on accident one day, I found the right one. I was like, ah, you know, <laughs> he tried to throw me off the scent, you know. But, um, you know, someone smells something, they like it, and they ask you what it is or whatever. You girls and all your little lotions that smell like potpourri and peach pumpkin pie and all that stuff, you know. What, what is that? You know, and you guys tell each other, well, the same way, you know, you just be the aroma of Christ. And some people are going to want to inquire. 
Some people will ask more. Some people will have questions and they'll, they'll give you more opportunities, but we want to be a witness nonetheless. Second Corinthians is a book that circles back to some things that were hit on in First Corinthians. There had been some sin within the church in between the first letter and this letter. The Corinthians had dealt with the sin and were moving past that, working toward unity and forgiveness. This is something that's easier said than done. The hard work is addressing sin, but sometimes the hard work that's required after that is choosing to forgive once the sin issue has been resolved. This is the best way for relationships to move forward after having a rift. Are any of these topics something that you can relate to in your life? Pointing out areas of sin, working at forgiving, and striving for unity? Of course they are. You're human. We like to come alongside you and be a support in these areas that you might be currently addressing. Would you text or call us and share where you are in the process? Our number is 310-245-4811. That number again is 310-245-4811. We'd be happy to listen and pray with you through these things. If you're in the area, it would be so great to meet you in person. We meet every Sunday at 10 a.m. and Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you'd like more info, go to CalvaryInglewood.org for our location and directions. Thank you for tuning in today to A Transforming Word. Next time, Pastor Bill will continue teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians. We hope this ministry has been and continues to be a blessing to you in the days that we're living in. Join us again on A Transforming Word.